Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse 11. Over there, the writer of Hebrews writes concerning Jesus. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So reading in the Old Testament, if you'll turn there to 1 Kings chapter 21, there I'll be reading the first six verses. Now it came about after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is close beside my house. And I will give you a better vineyard than it in its place, if you like. I will give you the price of it in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid me that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab came into his house sullen and vexed because of the word of Naboth the Jezreelite, what he had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he, that is Ahab, lay down on his bed and turned away his face and ate no food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, How is it that your spirit is so sullen that you are not eating food? So he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you a vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Dear Father, Lord, I pray as we look at the subject of families, you will enlighten us about our own attitudes, that you will instruct us on how we can change and be different in every family relationship we have, that we might be open, Lord, not to see others, but to see ourselves, For I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. How would you like to have been one of Ahab's children when he came home that day? Maybe you have been there before. When Ahab would have come into the palace after being turned down when he wanted a nice little vegetable garden of Naboth's vineyard, and he came into the palace door and he slammed those big old doors and he walked across and probably said to the kids, go to your room and make your bed like I told you. And he said nothing to his wife, Jezebel, at all, but stormed into the bedroom and threw himself on the bed. Nobody heard from Ahab for a while. And finally, when Jezebel had the TV dinners warmed up or whatever it was for dinner, she called into the other room. Ahab, honey, it's time for dinner. I don't want any dinner. And so she had to come in and say, well, now, what's wrong with the king today? Well, he said, I wanted a vegetable garden. I wanted that vineyard right on the other side of the wall. And he wouldn't sell it to me, and I'm not going to eat. Think that's a little immature for a king of Israel? Has that ever happened in your house? A little immature for your house as well? This morning, I want us to look at maturity in a family relationship. In order to do that, we probably have to spend some time thinking about immaturity. And immaturity isn't very much fun. 
but it happens. You can spot immaturity with phrases like these. He, or it could be she, or they, won't let me have it. Now, we are expected to hear that in little children. I'm talking to adults. They won't let me have it. They won't let me have the raise. She won't let me have the new pickup. He won't let me have a new fur coat. Words of immaturity. Another phrase you might hear in the house showing immaturity is, why can't you be like, and then you just fill it in, why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like Harry, my boyfriend, when I was a senior? Why can't you be like Tom Selleck? <coughs> or whoever. Another phrase that you'll hear showing signs of immaturity. You really disappointed me when, and then, you fill that part in. The, the important part is to accent the really. You really disappointed me when you did this or you did that. Another sign of immaturity is a phrase, if you can do it, then I can do it. If it's all right for you to go bowling on Wednesday nights, then it's all right for me to go bowling on Friday nights or whatever. Another phrase you might hear is this one. After all you've put me through, it's the least you could do. Guilt, 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 guilt. It's said to children. It's said to parents. It's said to husband and wife. Or maybe this phrase you've heard sometimes. Why do you keep doing this to me? Another sign of immaturity. Maybe around your place, it's the words, here we go again. Or that great phrase, I'd rather not talk about it, <laughs> dear. <laughs> immaturity. It's not much fun. Let me give you some clues on how you can spot immaturity in different members of your household. First of all, I'll pick on the husband's. How do you spot immaturity in husbands? Here are some signs. These aren't the only signs, of course, but they're ones that I see in other people's lives, of course. <laughs> immaturity in husband is seen sometimes because or when they expect obedience without explanation. You do it because I said so, that's why, which is logic to convince the whole world. So they assume. Another sign of immaturity in a husband is a narrow and a vocal and a suspicious kind of jealousy that says, I want to know who you're with and where you go and what you're doing. And especially a jealousy towards the wife that says, I really don't want you to smile at any other man on the face of the earth. It happens, doesn't it, ladies? Whether it's said or whether it's implied, Immaturity. Another sign of immaturity in the husband is failure to initiate family activities. Too many homes have husbands who have abandoned the fact that they're the natural family leader. And that means a leader in activities, a leader in fun, a leader in growth, a leader in discussion. Immature responses to ignore that responsibility. Another spotter of immaturity is 
when a husband uses money as a weapon. You do this or else you don't get your allowance or else you don't get any grocery money or else you try to pay the bills without my paycheck or else, and on and on it goes. Money is a weapon. Further sign of immaturity of the husband is avoiding leading discussions in the important subjects of life. Again, as natural leader, the husband is to lead discussions when you talk about faith and knowledge of God. Discussions like future and vocations. Discussions about self-acceptance. Most husbands and fathers just say, of course you're pretty. Why do you say you're ugly? And that's the end of the conversation. But the fathers leave a lot to be desired unless they lead in those kinds of discussions. How about their wives? There's some immaturity spotters there as well. The first thing that I notice in an immature wife is one who uses any means available to maintain the position of ultimate decision maker. No matter how they've gained that position, whether it has been deserted and left to them or they usurped it through their own skills, the immature wife uses every means available to maintain that position, whether it be bribery, or charm, or deceit, whatever means available. Another sign of immaturity in wives is a failure to develop creativity in family members. I believe wives are the creative nucleus of the family. I believe that because of the spiritual wives that I see in Scripture. And any wife that fails to develop creativity is demonstrating some immaturity in her role in the family. Another sign is a an amplification of past failures to ensure present success. A constantly repeating and bringing up again of past failures, whether the failures be in the children or in the husband or in all of them together in order to ensure success in the present time. Fourth sign of immaturity is a wife that lives in, the, in another world. Sometimes it's the world of the past. You didn't used to be this way. You aren't the person I married. Sometimes it's a world, a fantasy world, a world of novels. Can you count how many romance novels are published in a month in our country, let alone read them? Maybe it's a world of fantasy on the soaps, the morning soaps and the evening soaps, a sign of immaturity. A fifth sign of immaturity is a wife that uses sex as a weapon. Oh, ladies, it's common. I control the family relationships and I control my, what my husband does or doesn't do because of this nice little reward system that I enact dealing with sexual relations. All signs of immaturity in a wife. How about immaturity in the kids? I see four or five different signs. There are others, I'm sure. First of all, it's immaturity when children associate fun with money. You know, I could have some fun if I just had this thing. You know, it's really boring because I don't have any money to do something. It's an immature sign. The second sign in kids of immaturity is when they play one parent against the other. Well, Daddy said, I could do this. Well, Mommy doesn't do it this way. They learn that early, and they continue it as long as it works. Through life. A third sign of immaturity in kids are living in a world of deceit 
and I find this extremely, extremely harmful, but prevalent. A world of lies, a world of thinking of themselves something that they are not, a world of having to continually lie to remain in that world. The child who always says, I could have done better, but they cheated. The child that says, uh, the teacher doesn't like me, that's why I'm having trouble here. The child that says, I was really better than they were, but uh, the, the referee or the umpire helped them, living in a world of deceit. A fourth sign of immaturity are children who put down their parents in public, who cut mom and dad in the presence of others, other peers or other adults. A sure sign of immaturity. And finally, there is that sign of immaturity that I call the absolute minimum chore involvement possible, or maybe an acronym of AMCHEAP. That means I do around the house absolutely the minimum amount possible to survive without the roof coming down on my head. I make my bed only if I have to or am forced to. I do those other chores only when asked the third or fourth time, and on and on. Signs of immaturity. We all have them. Husbands, wives, kids, the whole family. Let's take a look at biblical maturity and see how that might affect our family life. True biblical maturity. The word is a Greek word, meaning uh, the, the word is teleos, and sometimes it's translated mature, sometimes it's translated perfect, but it means the same thing. Let's take a look at some places where it's used. First, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, it is translated often complete. Jesus says it to the rich young ruler. He says, if you want to be teleos, complete, mature, perfect, if you want to be mature, go and sell all that you have and come and follow me. A mature family member is one who has and continues to be willing to set aside all personal possessions in order to grow in knowledge of the Lord. Willing to set aside all personal possessions in order to grow in knowledge of the Lord. Children and wives and husbands and grandparents and all family members. That's part of maturity. Talios. A second incident comes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where the word is translated perfect. And there Paul writes that we are not to be conformed to the world. That if we are indeed to be perfect, complete, if we are to be mature, we're not to be conformed to the world. And so a mature family relationship, a mature family member would be one who refused to let the pressures of this world push them into an unbiblical physical, mental, or spiritual shape. Husbands and wives and children who refuse to let the world push them into an unbiblical shape. The world can do push your, your, your mind into an unbiblical shape or your spirit into an unbiblical shape. The mature family refuses to let that happen. A third meaning of that word comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, where teleos is translated mature. And there it is implying those who are sensitive to God's wisdom. Those that are mature are sensitive, that is prepared to receive and recognize when they have received the wisdom of God. A mature family member then is one who quickly recognizes new truth from God and sets out to enact it into their own life. A mature child is one who recognizes new truth from God 
at whatever level they are able to accept it. A new adult in the family, whether husband and wife or wife, is one who accepts and recognizes new spiritual truth when it comes to them. A fourth indi indication of what maturity means comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, where Paul writes that we should be mature in our thinking. But especially in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, he's saying be mature in your thinking about spiritual gifts. So the mature family member is one who can see God working in the other's spiritual lives and responds in a way that allows that one best to use their God-given talents and gifts and ministries. Maturity, helios, mature and perfect and complete. One who is able to see what God's doing and allow them and encourage them in such a way that they bring out all of those gifts. Another use of the word comes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. There the word is translated mature. And there Paul gives us three ideas of its meaning. He says there is unity of faith, there is knowledge of Jesus Christ, and there is a likeness of Christ that is a part of maturity. So a mature family member would be one who does not live in the past. Let me say that again. A mature family member would be one who, after conversion, continues to grow in personal knowledge of the Lord. Second, grows closer to other believers. And third, year by year, has their character shaped more into the likeness of Christ. The mature family member is one who keeps right on growing in knowledge of the Lord. The mature family member is one who probably has more and more Christian friends as the years go by because they are united in faith. A mature family member is one who exhibits the qualities of Christ now better than they did five years ago. Maybe not as well as you would like them to five years from now, but better than they did. Maturity, talios. Another example of that is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15, where it's translated perfect, and it means an attitude of forgetting the past and pressing on to what is ahead. A mature family member is one who does not live in the past, whether for glory or for shame, but rather is continually focusing on new goals, new relationships, new achievements. One who is mature is one who does not live in the past, whether you had great success in the past or whether you had great failure. It's one who continually sets new goals of achievement and accomplishment, a sign of maturity, the maturity in the family. Colossians gives us a further example of the word teleos in chapter 4, verse 12, where it's translated perfect, and it means those who are fully assured of God's will. A mature family member, then, is one who is so confident of what God's doing in their life that such qualities as jealousy, spite, greed, revenge, and anger seldom find any place in their behavior. You see, if you're confident what God's doing in your life, then there's no room for such behavior like that. Where is jealousy? Jealousy says I'm unsure of myself. Revenge and anger and spite says, I don't think I'm going to make it unless I attack back. But the one who is confident of what God's doing in their life finds no need for those kinds of qualities at all. 
In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, there's another use of the word teleos, which translated mature. I read that this morning. One who is mature is one whose senses and one who has trained their senses to discern good from evil. So a mature family member is one who has little trouble quickly discerning right from wrong, good from bad, helpful from unhelpful, spiritual from unspiritual, and one who continually chooses those best qualities. A mature person is one who quickly discerns right from wrong. And a mature family member is one who demonstrates that within family life. James has a couple of more uses of that word teleos, meaning mature. In James 1.4, it's translated perfect, and it means endurance produced by trials and testings. The mature person, the mature husband, the mature wife, the mature child, the mature relative is one who views every struggle and tough time as an opportunity for spiritual growth and pledges themselves to see it through to the end and thus produce God's best. Maturity in relationship. James uses the word again in chapter 3, verse 2, where he translates it perfect, and he makes it clear that perfect or maturity is controlling your tongue, what you say. A mature family member is one who realizes the enormous power of their words on other family members and works hard in making the spoken word a positive rather than negative instrument within the family home. Those are some of the signs of biblical maturity. Yes, they can be applied to all people, but yes, they can be applied in family relationships as well. It's hard to grow up a family. And I don't mean just physically, but it's hard for all those family members to mature. Here are some ways to get going on it. First, I think we need to accept whatever level of maturity or immaturity we find others to be at. No matter how immature your 10-year-old might be for their age, no how, matter how immature your 40-year-old husband might be for his age, no matter what level of maturity they are at, that's where they are at, and you accept it. You say, that's the starting place, not the ending place, but the starting place. The second thing you do when you've accepted that is that you chart some personal progress and growth. Personal. You do not chart progress and growth for those around you. You don't go home and say to your husband or wife, I have a little chart here of how you can get rid of your immaturity, and if you just do these things, our family life would be a lot better. Don't do it, because it won't improve anything. You begin to chart your own levels. As I read through some of those meetings of spiritual maturity, you might have noticed something and say, that, that's something I need to grow in. That's an area where I could really work hard at, being more mature in our relationship. Chart your own personal progress and begin working on your relationship. But third, continually support any activity that increases family maturity. As others begin to mature and plot maturity in their lives, as there are activities within the family that will help bring maturity to other people, support those, encourage those, that maturity might take place. Fourth, consider family maturity a lifetime prayer goal. No, ladies, he will never grow up. 
You see, we always are struggling to be more mature in Christ. There's always going to be some immaturity. There's going to be something after you've been married 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 50 years and longer that still needs to be worked on. So it's a prayer goal for a whole lifetime that we might, and your family might, be mature. And fifth, never give up on yourself or others because of their immaturity. Immaturity is a curable disease. No one is stuck in it forever. So don't give up and you work in your own life and your prayers for others. How crucial is maturity anyway? Well, if you leave a family life to be immature, you're going to find certain themes dominating just about everything you do. Themes like revenge, themes like bitterness, themes like depression and self-centeredness, themes like desertion and divorce and violence. They are environments that God can do little work within. So family life that works is going to take privacy, it's going to take intimacy, and it's going to take maturity. Amen? And amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, there's a great temptation to see other people when we hear a sermon. And Lord, I pray right now that you'll banish that from our minds. We didn't look at other people's immaturity, Lord. We looked at our own. And Lord, help us to leave this place with you still instructing us of where our family relationships are immature and where you want us to change. And Lord, we'll give you the praise as we see others change, but we'll be overjoyed to see the changes you make in our lives. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.